We're getting better. We're getting better. We're getting there. Super hyped about it. Okay. Colonization is on that way. Interesting. Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Our Way. It's the 7th of December, 2020. I'm Flo. And I am Sam. And today we have Vivian, another one of our friends with us today. Say hi, Vivian. Hi. Do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to spew a little bit about how we met you? And... Uh, it always lie. <laughs> Okay, so I'll give Viv a bit of an intro. So how we met her is through the boot camp that we, me and Flo went to. So she was, would you consider her to be an ex-colleague? I, I would sort of say so, Flo. Yeah, I, can't, I can see you guys as ex-colleagues. Yeah, ex, kind of kind of ex-colleagues, I guess. That's <laughs> if they, that's what we want to label each other as. But yeah, that's how we met um, Viv. She's always been very smart and like t- switched on. So we thought we'd bring her on to our podcast today to have a dis- a bit of a discussion. Yeah, let's be real though. Like we mm-hmm. we this is a this is a great excuse to just pull everyone onto our podcast <laughs> and just catch up. Yep, true. pretty much. That's true. I mean, so how? I'm, yeah. We, sorry, sorry. Is it continue? Oh, I, I was gonna say I used to have conversations like this anyway. Mm, true. Yeah. Um. Like I think a good thing about the boot camp that we went to is like we were able to find a lot of people that are um, like minded. So yeah. these conversations came very naturally, and I guess it's very natural that the one like two of us think think of like making a podcast, and me and Flo just happened to be the two. Tell yourself, you guys ran that boot camp. <laughs> you guys didn't oh. go to the boot. You guys facilitated that boot camp. You guys did a fantastic job. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, this week's topic is circular economy. So uh, we picked this topic because... Why did we pick this topic? This topic? I think that I propose it and then Law say, oh, interested to have a chat about this mm-hmm. um, on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we are. Okay, so why did you want to talk about about this, Viv? Are you like really passionate about it? I did a bit of research, but I can't find. I can't. Not that I'm not um, passionate about it. I, I just don't know why you sound so passionate about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. I guess I got interested in it during my final year of uni. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I was studying economics and finance. Hmm. And then you start to think about how the economics models and all that work in real life mm-hmm. um, and in the real world, I guess. And you could see that there's a flaw, there's flaws in it and yep. how it doesn't take into consideration about oh, how do we, what happens after we run out of resources. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's when I started to, I guess, explore oh, um. I think also at the same time, I also could see a change in the weather as well. Um, mm-hmm. In terms of it was getting hotter or like just the, the, the changes in terms of the weather in Melbourne. Mm. You could see that um, it was getting colder, longer or hotter, longer, things like that. You could see yep. it really obvious. Um, like the hot season is getting hotter and the cold season is getting colder. Yeah. Um, and also like sometimes it, it's get like, 
cold season is longer and, and, and hot seasons is, might be longer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to explore, oh, is there other ways of doing things? But I didn't know that it was called, I guess, like circular economy back mm-hmm. then. It was just trying to think about, I guess, like what can I do in my own personal life mm-hmm. um, that could think in a different way, um, yep. I guess, solve problems in a different way. So. Mm-hmm. So, could you explain a bit what uh, to us what circular economy is? I guess um, if you look at it from like if I simplify it to mm-hmm. uh, elevator pitch, it's a mindset um, that you can you know re- reuse, repair, um, remanufacture, and also think about I guess like ways on how to regenerate the natural resources that we have as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you rely more on the, the re- resources that you can regenerate rather than those resources that you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so, so it, it, you can, you know, I guess that you could put it in different levels of complexity, um, but if I try to simplify it, it's a mindset. Hmm. Okay, because I did a bit of research and I thought um, circular economy was just how, yeah, I, I guess you could say it's a mindset. It's like basically trying to have everything, um, the waste of something go in as the input of something else to create something else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, you could say so that. how... I don't see how this mindset can, like this framework, can be applied to any one individual. Individually, mm-hmm. I guess it. For me, um, it it's more about thinking. Oh, like if I have um, something, if I need some, uh, uh, I guess like if I have a sort like problems to solve. Mm-hmm. Is there something that I already have? Maybe it's a combination of different tools or different things that I already have that can mm. help me solve the problem. Mm. Rather than trying to go straight into, maybe you go Google search and then, then there might be a product for you or there might be a service that already solves the problem for you. Mm. That's, that to me, yeah that you, you're already using, I guess, a resource that you already have, you know, that you have at home that you can, can, can do, you know, solve things with. So, for example, I recently bought, you know, an iPad and then it comes with an Apple Pencil. Mm. And it's bloody hard to write with the Apple Pencil without the, like, a rubber friction. You, you know, like how you write on pen and then they have, like, that rubber support thing? To make it easier for you to write, and they mm-hmm. don't have those, and you can easily buy it on Amazon or eBay or anywhere. You know, just rubber grip thing and just slide it on your iPad, uh, Apple Pencil. But I found some leftover pens that I have, and all I did was, you know, I pull out one of those rubber grips mm-hmm. and just slide it into my Apple Pencil, and it works perfectly well. Okay. Yeah. Because hmm. to me that just sounds like um, circular economy is just the next level of 
being resourceful. <laughs> yeah. Being, I guess, like, create more yeah. creativities. Yeah. Sorry. Go Sorry. for it. <laughs> I, I guess I'm trying to... Um, I don't know too much about circular economy, but from what I'm hearing, it's kind of like a sustainability-focused, optimized yep. way of mm. living and yep. seeing how things can get done. So, yeah, it's kind of like a resourceful way but it's more from a sustainable kind of long-term impact on the environment hmm. yeah reuse instead of create more type thing yeah because hmm. yeah because when i did my research what Viv, um what vivian described kind of sounds a bit different from what i i researched on because mm -hmm. what what i like the talks and the ted talks i listened to and the videos i watched was more towards um, on a larger scale, not on an individual scale. It's like um, it talked about like um, products that we manufacture. We can think about what waste and what um, materials it's made out of, and what waste it might produce, and making sure that waste and that material can be recycled into and be used for another product mm. after it's been um, done with with its uh, purpose. And yeah. that go that goes to um, that is inclusive of everything. So everything goes into something else, and so, that something else goes into nothing, something else, and it comes back to where you start. Yeah. So that's why it's circular. Yeah. It's um, named circular uh, economy. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I guess I I don't I still don't understand how this can be um, applied to like my own life, right? What can I do differently? I guess when you start doing things differently and in your personal life, mm -hmm. um, and you see how, and you make that extra effort to um, think about creative ways to solve your problems or, or it, you know, it, yeah, solve your problems, you could, you can... I, I, it will start to shift your, your, the way you think about mm -hmm. think, um, you know, problems, and it also start to think, you know, shift the way you see things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there onwards, you know, the personal shift that you have, and you can bring it to the work that you do, and then from there you start to think differently as well in terms of. For me, is that you? I start to see that oh, if I use this, this is how I impact um, certain things or things like that. And then I start to think about a bigger picture, mm. and I start to think about I guess the different levels of complexity and how things, different things, can cause um, and how it impacts each other. Mm. Um, and that I kind I brought it to my work as well and how I see different levels of complexity um, so that it gives you a bigger picture and a, a, a broader perspective and of understanding of the problem. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I can see. I can see that. Hmm. So other than the pen, pen example, do you have another exa example? Uh... <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. Oh. Sam, go your point in terms of how how can we apply it to other things from a business 
operations kind of standpoint, it looks like it focuses or it sounds like it focuses a lot on resourcing and allocation of resources, understanding yeah, the inputs, outputs of it, and then the kind of the side products that come out of it and how that they can also be utilized. So that ties into the maximization of utility of all of your inputs. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see how that's a mindset. It's kind of like making sure that you you see all sides of how you can utilize your resources. Mm-hmm. That sense. Mm. In terms of how else to apply it to your personal life, yeah, I can see the I can see the method behind it. Yeah, because guess- I'm. Yeah, what were we gonna say, Viv? I was gonna say in terms of I guess the. Not repurposing, but then, oh, I guess you could say it's a, a, a way of repurposing. I would buy things from op shop that are, you know, very, very new. And if you go to the right suburbs, you can find the right, you can find the right op shop. You will, you know, get really good quality products um, and, and things that, you know, that you pay probably, I don't know, five, ten dollars. Um, and you can reuse it. Um, yeah, things like that. Mm. I, u- I used to, another way of like, I guess it has shifted my mindset is that when it comes to, I guess, trends or fashion trends or mm. skincare trends or things like that, I used to own, like, for example, skincare, I would own like two of everything. So, like, two of toners, two of moisturizers, mm. or, um, Two, two of serums of, of everything because I was keeping up with, you know, the product trends of what is up to date. And so slowly and gradually, it kind of shifted my, the way I think about how I use my, the, the things that I, I use and the, how I use skincare. And I realized that majority of the time, I don't use all of it anyway. Like, for example, I went to Japan, I don't know, two years ago. And I got really hyped up by all the, you know, the Japanese skincare and stuff. And I bought all that stuff. And it was, you know, reasonable price as well. And then half of it, I don't use it. Like, finish using it because there were so many products that I need to use. Mm. And I couldn't finish using it. And it, like, maybe, like, it's been there for a year and it kind of expires. Yeah. Mm. So now... I kind of shifted the way I use is that I buy one product each and I don't buy anything unless um, I, you know, I'm almost running out. And yep. I will only choose um, packaging that are easily recyclable rather than those, like some of it might have a really fancy pump or something like that that you can't easily recycle. Um, so I started to think about that yep. those kind of stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. So I know I know like there are people out there that like really, really conscious about things they use and making sure that everything in the products they use are re- either recyclable or like can be reused or they don't use um uh they're like what what's the word? Like eth biodegradable, etc. Yeah. Just making sure everything they they use is like ethically sourced mm-hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't leave like a negative impact on on the like in 
in our environment. Yeah. So how feasible is is that to like yeah. everyone though? Because you said yeah. you mentioned Japan, right? I know Japan loves love their plastics. Everything everything in their supermarkets have like like wrapped in plastic. So I'm not sure how feasible that is for like everyone. In the the most comprehensive recycling system, though, as well. Yeah, they do. yeah. But actually, oh, that, true. that that ties into like I guess my, the the thing that popped into my head when we were talking about this is more so that like in Australia, mm-hmm. how much of our recycled stuff is actually recycled? It, I think it depends on council um, and what are the efforts they're gonna they, they put in to um, make it happen. I know that my council are proactively reaching out to the community um, to help you know to, to bring us as part of the you know solution on like oh how do you want to recycle and like there I I don't know the full details, but I know that they're also improving the way that we recycle as well, and they're really, really, really strict about it, about what you can and can't recycle and things like that. But so I, I think it, yeah, it comes out of the councils. Then that goes back to the question, how can an individual change, make a change, you know? Because mm-hmm. when, like whenever people talk, tell, um, talk about like this this kind of stuff to make me more um conscious like environmentally conscious i always feel like it's it this might sound very selfish it just it, every time i hear it it feels like what i do will not make a big difference yeah i get that yeah like the like you know um plastic straws they're trying to ban get get that out and replace them with like bamboo straws or metal straws or whatever the material and i watched a video on on um how much it actually affects the the um, environment and it's like less than one percent if we even if we cut out cut down all the straw production and straw um, plastic straw use and production in the world it's still less than one percent of the pollution out there so is it some people might say less than one percent is better than nothing, but I don't know. I feel like it's just not enough. What do you guys think? I know what you mean, but mm-hmm. also to add to kind of that speculation in a sense, I do remember an article mm-hmm. or a story that was done about talking about because like if you compare which comes from a logical standpoint as well it's like you know in japan how they're really stringent on the types of plastic taking mm-hmm. out the, the film and then mm-hmm. separating it and everything types of plastic but cartons versus like other variations of plastic and makeups of um materials whereas here we kind of lump it all together mm-hmm. i also know that it's if it, if there's organic material on recyclable contents, like for example, um, cardboard or plastics and things like that, they can't actually recycle it because yeah. it's still got organic material in it. Mm-hmm. So, one that's like you, you as a consumer need to be 
doing that extra step to making sure that it's like organic material free, washed or something like that. Um, but the point I wanted to make, because I remember reading a story about Australian recycles or plastics getting shipped off to Asia and being burnt there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think no. it's got something to do with China. Yeah. Uh, I need to go that find China as well. I think. Yeah, it's because China's not buying the the plastics as much as anymore. So they had to kind of redirect it in a sense. Why would a country buy the plastic to burn? Uh, no, no. So they, it's not so much they buy it to burn. It's more so they offshore it to burn it overseas in a sense. Oh. Whether it's regulations yep, or yep. Um, there's, oh, you can make a business out of anything. This, this might be a stupid question, but why does it matter if we burn it here or there? Uh, a couple things. I'd say the biggest thing is probably a political backlash. Um, it looks bad on you. Um, depending on what it's used for, like plastics can be reused, like if properly sorted and everything, technically they can be recycled still um, into other plastic materials and things like that, into other products. They just need to be melted down and, you know, because the basic as it should be still the same so it's like an export market for rubbish or waste exports and things like that right because it's like uh, why would they buy it hmm. i can understand why china used to buy it is because they used to buy it and remanufacture it into something else why are the southeast asian countries buying it mm, potentially they buy it so that they re- can re-sift it and then take out the parts that they can resell. Huh. Comes to mind. Um, I'm not sure otherwise. So, we, we, Australia does not have the means to do what Asia, Asia does, or we just can't be stuffed? I'm we assuming it's a bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Fair it relies enough. on our own, I guess, like, our, I guess, like, for me, that. It's something that I can control, so I just, I guess, not use, try not to use as much plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh. like, as it comes to, like, I guess, I think you mentioned about the, or uh, whether, you know, making sure that all their products is sustainable, biodegradable, and all that kind of stuff. I think that you also have a fine line of whether the product itself is also effective or not, right? Mm. I've went through the phase where, like, I use, like, you know, fully, I guess, eco-friendly kind of hair care products. And Mm -hmm. it's like a shampoo bar. And, you know, it wasn't effective for me at all. Um, And it was just making, you know, my scalp worse. And Mm -hmm. my scalp itchy. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of swapped to Lush shampoo bar, um, which is still, you know, shampoo bar, but it's a bit much more effective. even though it might be more chemicals in there or whatnot. But, yeah, there's a mm. fine line there as well. Yeah, see, like, th- that's a good example of, like, what I said earlier, right? Like, mm. um, you'll kind of have to, there's kind of a give and take with, for everything. So in that example, you 
you because the product was not good for your the purpose that you bought it for mm. you chose to push push the line towards more chemicals and less less sustainability for the purpose of of your like your comfort i'm not calling you out anything i, I would do the same so what that's if why, they yeah yep you continue sorry i guess i that's why like the circular economy is something that you can use in different levels um and different problems like you know you could use it in science and you can use it in product development and things like that and use that i guess that mindset and take it into consideration and imagine like if, if you have i guess a scientist who's trying to you know create a new shampoo bar or something and then they take that into consideration of like oh how do we create a really effective um eco-friendly shampoo bar and then they would you know figure out different formulas and different ways to to solve that problem um and what if the so what if the solution the sustainable solution is never as good as the unsustainable solution and i'll give an example of this so like plastic straws versus bamboo straws like the paper straws like we we've always used our like I don't think anyone really likes the paper straws because they kind of go like mushy Easy. after a while. Yeah. And plastic straws don't do that. So there's the quality difference. Maybe they they will develop another uh, material that will be metal straws. Metal straws, yeah, maybe. And metal straws. But how how much more sustainable is that? Yes. Yeah, because like I'm assuming that's gonna take more uh, more power to. Uh, more power and materials to uh, manufacture, right? Yeah, but I guess you could see it in an optimistic way that if everyone in the world own a metal straw, do you still need yeah, but, to produce plastic straw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say that, but like, how like realistic that. is that though? To have everyone have a metal straw. Do you know of all this? Like, I know, like, remember when they shifted from plastic grocery bags to paper grocery bags mm-hmm. to reusable grocery bags. Mm-hmm. I felt like the plastic bags are understood. It's just the ridiculous amounts that the world was using mm-hmm. in terms of plastic bags. So it was a great initiative when we stopped doing that. And then like moving to paper bags, I understand. It's because it's like biodegradable, more environmentally environmentally friendly and all. Um but then when we used when we moved to reusable shopping bags i also understood it because you know you'd encourage people to um use the same bag over and over again but i don't know i don't actually remember what year we we did that swap in australia just a few years ago right was it two years years ago at least oh yeah maybe about two years ago Mm -hmm. but in terms of how biodegradable those reusable bags are because they're made out of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> they're interwoven plastic reusable bags in a sense. And it's, but it's like a much thicker, much sturdier, 100% plastic. <laughs> I, I think for the, yeah, yeah, it might be, it might, for sure there, there are plastics in, plastics in there. But I think the point of it is to, for, for be able for us to reuse, right? 
So instead of you, like pre I uh, have waste, I have I know people who have who five, have, ten of those have like fifty of them. Jeez. Yeah, but. I would still argue that it's still better than having plastics all the time. It is. I do agree. And yeah. we did have a big shift from having plastic bags to kind of like, you know, your pocket your pocket um, grocery shopping bags and things like that. I think they're very handy. Mm. Um, so it was a good initiative in terms of – I think it was a successful initiative in, as well. But I guess it comes down to the realistic side of, people's consumption and what is effective yeah i think um all these initiatives are really really good they're well intentioned but the execution needs a bit more thought because um like i i appreciate all these um initiatives to improve like improve the environment and all, all that but sometimes how we handle things is as a population is not very good like I, I'll, I'll give an example so we all for like re renewable energy, right? Like solar energy, wind energy, all, like hydro, hydro energy, all that. Yeah. Like, can you choose? Like, agree? Yeah. Yeah. Flo, you did not don't yep. say anything. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought I didn't hear yeah. me. But yes, understood. Continue. So, I think it was Germany or one of the European countries, like really forward thinking. You know, we're gonna, like. I think it was like a small town. I I, I can't um, exactly remember what city, but they, for one year, I can't remember what year as well. Uh, this is a bad example, but you'll get my point in a sec. But one of the country, one of the cities, they decided to uh, make sure all their energy is from, um, I think it was solar or one of the renewables. So they turned off all their oil, um, oil state, like, um, refinery. Oil... Say again, so what, what's the Refineries? Word? I think so. I think that that's what they're called. Whatever that powers gives, yep. gives electricity that would, mm -hmm. that's powered by, um, non-renewables, right? They turned all that off and made their whole city, um, Relied on renew renewable energy. Mm -hmm. Then, after after a while, they they just didn't have enough energy from from the sun because you know nighttime happens, you know, and yeah. the wind the wind stops blowing, and like like all these things that are, makes what makes re, um, renewable energy not reliable. So what happened was they have to, had to return like turn the. Uh, refineries on again and that took way more power than if they just kept it on for the whole time so how stupid does that sound and this is something that actually happened so in their defense it's more so that like you need to also try and test these theories otherwise mm -hmm. you won't know and it's kind of like that whole concept of continuously trying over and over again mm -hmm. because when you when you, every time you try you learn something new mm -hmm. like i'm assuming during that experiment you they would have learned um exactly how or an estimate at least or better idea of how much they actually consume in terms of energy mm -hmm. and then if they kind of pushed further like obviously because they need to run an economy assuming um they probably would have also found other creative ways of dealing with less 
energy available in terms of supply. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like an ad- in a like you adapt to the times in a sense if they yep. were forced to do it. But yes, there is a limitation at the moment because I guess they they're still figuring out ways of like um, pushing out maximum output from mm-hmm. more sustainable sources of energy. Yeah, so, I, can, I can agree to that. But and that's part of I guess like you know trying anything new. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, those solutions that we already currently have that, yes, maybe it's not, I guess, perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, heading towards solving the problem and you continue to learn from, from the process and think about how do you um, continue to solve this problem in a much more effective way. Mm. But why can't... I, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Here right now, right? So why don't we have that same um, mindset for nuclear energy? Because a lot of people are against nuclear because, like, reactor meltdown, and of course, I'm scared of that too. Yeah. But if we don't, because that's probably the most renewable energy there is, right? Fu- like fusion, what, like, legit, um, how the sun gets all that energy is from fu- fusion. Um, Fusion. So, why why don't we just keep trying so we because, can get that type of? Yeah, because people are scared of things going wrong. Um, I mean, like if you imagine, like what happened to Japan happened to your own country. What what you know? Yeah. What's yeah. gonna happen? And that's the that's the fear that is taking out. You know, rather than taking out of just doing what is effective, um, and looking at the research and the numbers. On what is actually what actually matters, and that's something that I guess you have people, um, supposedly in government who is supposed to be advocating for those. You know, you have to. I, I guess like these are ideas, right? Like you know, nuclear energy is effective and and it's a very effective renewable source. Would you call it renewable? Yeah. Mm. Um, and that's something that you continue to keep selling and selling and selling to people that it is effective and look at the research and look at the numbers and things like that and you have to keep pushing through um, to get those ideas through. I guess I guess my point here is that um, what we kind of know, like quote-unquote know as a population is really biased. Um, we all, like, climate change this topic is really politicized and the bias is like big companies are polluting like polluting the oceans and the 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 air and all of that and like it's it's always their their fault and blah 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 so i guess hmm. okay as well for for you guys i guess pose the question what would you say to people who just do not care because the earth will, like, by the time the earth kind of, like, deteriorates and actually impacts our lives in a sense, like, from a detrimental kind of standpoint, mm-hmm. what would you say to them, to those people who pretty much have the stance of why should I care because it's not going to affect my generation or my life? Mm-hmm. I'll be dead by then. What would you say? 
Viv. Oh. <laughs> I haven't really thought of that. Um, because I think that one of the biggest challenges with environmental initiatives and efforts is that people pr probably do not feel the pain point. Mm. Yeah. It's the future generations who will feel the pain point. Yep. So I guess, yeah, it comes down to the question, why would they, what would you say to people who pretty much have the stance? Why should I care? Because I'll be dead by then. Mm. That's That that kind of applies to companies as well, right? Because um, governments apply these um, regulations and laws to make sure that companies are um, environmentally conscious as well. And companies have to implement all these processes and uh, change change a lot of things to make sure things are the same, but consciously, um, environmentally conscious. So they're spending all this money to make sure everything's kind of... That's, that's also a blend of... Um, that touches a lot of other people's lives and communities. Mm -hmm. So that's like a whole government kind of like nationwide kind of mm -hmm. touch point, but as well, it's a corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, You'd hope that they are doing it for good reasons and they mm -hmm. do have those strong beliefs about helping the environment and things like that. But as well, it's become a PR stint in a sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's definitely uh, agree. That's why I just kind of also wanted to keep it very individual. What would you say to the people? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I guess I guess I'll give my answer first. Yeah. This might be very controversial yet again. Uh, but I don't think I'll be as mad as a lot of other people are would be to that person, this imaginary person, because um, I think they're a bit right. They like I don't know how to put this in a good way, make me sound like so evil. <laughs> well, part of um, it is because also they're also comfortable with their own lifestyle and mm -hmm. you're asking them to make a change in their lifestyle. Yeah. Um, which might maybe give them a worse, not worse, but a, a, the, the, a different kind of quality of life. Mm. Um, yeah, and also... Asking like... them to kind of make a sacrifice and be uncomfortable mm. yep. Um, yep. as well. And yeah, and... I don't think that's going to happen in a large scale, right? Like, if you look at your phones, that's powered by what? Electricity. And how is that electricity generated? Most of the, like, most of the time, it's going to be some, sort, some form of unrenewable energy. So how, how can you fault, fault someone else for vocalizing that oh, they don't really care when you're using your phone and all these devices that are powered by... Un non-renewable energy sources mm. and and you're just like on the internet like ranting to uh, about other people being not not environmentally conscious when you're kind of in the same spot so i don't know there's kind of falls what? into the whole um the the whole uh, lifestyle and diet like you know people mm -hmm. who are very environmentally conscious so they they make environmental choices and things like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. not just with renewable energy but yeah exactly what they what they eat and things like that mm -hmm. and the stance that they put on it so it comes to very personal choice 
in how a person wants to live and how comfortable they are with the way that they live. Mm. Then I think this also goes back to my point, like, like if one person completely changes and um, they're completely environmentally conscious, that wouldn't make a big difference. But if, like, of course, if everyone in the world is like that, of course it'll make a big difference. But there's no chance that's that's going to happen. And yeah. we have to be realistic here, realistic here. So, be realistic. But I guess what the hope is from that is, like, if one person is conscious, environmentally conscious, mm-hmm. they're able to hopefully as well in a inviting manner convince mm. someone else to make the same decision. Mm-hmm. And it kind of spreads out that way and then slowly becomes the norm. And then when mm-hmm. it becomes the norm, then there's a bigger and wider impact. Mm-hmm. Whereas if everyone just, you know, doesn't give a shit, um, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, then it will never, ever change in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. I agree that the intention needs to be there. I think that's what you proposed, what you just said is probably not the best way. Wishful thinking? Yeah, it's kind of wishful thinking because it just, um, think about how, how many times that you've had this conversation with, with your friends, family, or who like just a stranger on the street or whatever, and how has that changed your lifestyle? You might have like a keep cup now, like just to make yourself feel better, but what how big is that of a like how big of a change is that right and i'm not trying to call anyone out here i'm just trying to select the fact that i don't think you're making enemies sam (laughs) yeah i think yeah i think i think people are gonna hate me for for saying all these no i get that um yeah i think it's you have that hope that the young or you you know you have that i guess the younger (laughs) generation yeah um who are much more environmentally conscious mm-hmm. um, push companies and businesses to start to make that shift. Mm-hmm. So there are some companies that are already making that shift. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just, I just need to find the link. If I'm not wrong, it was PNG. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, or oh, is it Tesco? I can't remember. One of the big companies, they decided to create this. It's almost, I guess you would say, I I don't know how circular economy it it is, but what the service is, is that you buy all your products, your household products from this website and you get to refill it. Um, And then once, and so they charge you a small amount of money to keep the let's say a metal that the metal um containers and things like that and then i think if you're done if, if you're finished using it you send it back to them mm. or something like that so it they're trying to do you know the trying to explore the the refueling kind of concept rather than you know having to buy all these plastic bottles and mm shampoos and things like that when you go you know buy household goods and things like that yeah mm. that's actually interesting have mm. everything in your home refill like you just have a container for everything in your home that you need and 
you bring the container to to uh, a spot, a designated spot, and you just refill whatever product yeah. that is. Or even so, better, have the product be delivered to you into your the containers. Yeah. So That's this is idea. called yeah. Loop Store. Um, it's with it's coming to Woolies, um, Woolworth in Australia, but they have it in Tesco in UK. Um, yeah. So it's your all your packaging is metal, and then you get like refillable um, goods and goods from the supermarket yeah i guess that's a good way to do it it needs big business and big you know you you need those big business to solve these kind of problems Mm. Um, but it also comes with whether there's a need from the market or not where they could you know Mm. where people want to buy this kind of stuff and you know use this kind of service mm-hmm. as well. What do you think, Flo? My head kind of went to a, a kind of like a related but side kind of note. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess it can be kind of hypothetical and actually it's not even not even hypothetical. But given the the shift in the way that the world was living this year, I guess you can call this like our final question in a sense. It's um mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone started working from home, um, so that, like, in terms of what's how it's impacted the globe from a climate perspective, you know, I remember when the stories came out that like dolphins had re- re- returned yeah, yeah. to yep. the canals of <laughs> Italy and things like that. Um, so it's kind of an interesting point where, so looking now. Well, actually, no, we're not even post quite pandemic because the rest of the world is currently going through a new version of it. Um, but after everything has settled down and everything, even though humans were kind of shut down or locked away for a year, uh, but in terms of consumption, online consumption has blown up insanely. Mm-hmm. So, how has our waste levels changed because you know obviously before it was like everyone was consuming food outside so like takeaway containers your car emissions just like electricity outside running buildings um city pollution and things like that versus now would be the challenge of the increased consumption of goods mm-hmm. at home um packaging Packaging is probably the biggest one that's probably just like... Yeah. I've actually uh, never thought of that. It's a good point, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'm not asking like, oh, what do you think like the actual answer is like, wh- how does it compare? But it's what are the other things that you guys think can think of has increased on one side but also decreased on the other side from a sustainability, environmental impact kind of perspective because of the pandemic? Hmm. Um, I think the first thing that pop, pops to me is uh, the air quality. People always, um, mm. I think back in maybe April or May or June, some, somewhere there, um, it's when the world started, like a lot of the world started being in lockdown and um, not many people are in, like, in cars and public tra- um, cars anymore. And pe- like 
there are a lot of people in the cities around the world that could start seeing things that they couldn't see before because of the the fog or bad air quality. So I just saw a uh, photo on Reddit, I think, of I think a city in Nepal. Pretty sure it's Nepal, but um, it's a city in Nepal where this guy took a photo of the uh, Mount Everest. They they can finally see Mount Everest from that city now because of the better air quality. So that's that's a good thing. I just wanted but, to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. But also, I guess there's also an increase of plastic in the system because mm-hmm. you, people use face, the, those disposable plastic, face masks. <laughs> face masks. And they have, I think, if I'm not wrong, they have plastic in there as well. Um, and then you have, because everyone is staying at home, you have people, more, more people, you know, using Uber Eats as a service as well. So mm. you have all that takeaway um, containers. And then I think um, you have, when you go and get coffee, you can't use your reusable coffee cups, you know, mm. early on because mm-hmm. they were really um, concerned about, you know, what, you know, yep. you can touch and not yep. and whatnot. Yep. And so you have to use disposable cups. So I always ask for no lead um, when, when it happens. Um, so, you know, I can survive without a lead. Um, yeah. So those kind of stuff. How about you, Flo? My... Sorry, what was the question? You you raised the question. <laughs> yeah, okay. You, so my, my own, well, I've been answering my own question. I was, like, yeah. thinking okay. about, like, the decreased uses in terms yeah. of people traveling, tra- public transportation shut down, cars yeah. are shutting down. Um also deliveries in terms of like like uh, like food deliveries for catering companies, restaurants, suppliers, all shutting down. So even technically like, you know, manufacturing for certain things would have also slowed down because they would have an oversupply of goods and items that they, they normally sell to all of these restaurants and vendors that normally operate to a day-to-day basis. But then, yeah, on the flip side, the increase, well, I guess actually delivery people would still be on the roads and things like that and going nuts. Um, packaging, huge thing. Like you guys said, disposable, cutlery. When you said the the mask thing, I remember, remember an article at some point there was a delivery. I don't know whether it's in the States or to us or to someone. But there was a cargo that like flipped and it was just like filled with medical masks and things like that. And mm-hmm. you're just like thinking about it, like, you know, just imagining that floating in the sea. That's really sad. Um, what else? And then otherwise, it's probably like electricity home consumption probably would have you know, doubled or tripled. Skyrocket, yeah. yeah. So if you're thinking from an energy point of view. That could that could be interesting, but then again, yeah, like on the flip side, it's like you know companies and cities would have shut down restaurants, businesses, big metropolitan areas that were hub spots for um, energy consumption would have dropped dramatically, or just even just giving it a break would have yeah interesting um, hmm. I'd be more interested to see how the um, can the food supply market has changed 
because I know, like, we all know for a fact, you know, when there was, like, panic buying and things like that, it was nuts for grocery suppliers and things like that, but then whereas at the same time as well, they aren't supplying as much to the restaurant industry, which I know for a fact was also heavily affected, but in terms of renewable energy and also the byproducts of creating a lot of things, like, for example, you guys have seen those diagrams in terms of, like, how much does it cost for you to have a steak? So it's, like, um, the whole process of from farm animal to your plate on your table type thing mm -hmm. um, and how that's kind of changed in terms of consumption, but also people staying at home. That's the only ones that I can think of for the time being. Yeah. I think there's just too many things that are in the back end that we as um, consumers normal, don't say yeah, consumers that we don't really see. So I think, I think um, this going back to our previous, like one of our previous conversations about um, um, what can we do as individuals. I honestly, my answer to that is honestly not not too much, and I really think it's up to the big companies to improve their processes and um, how they manufacture products. That will. That only that will make a big impact because they produce like tens of thousands of like let's say I don't know like even like candy candy wrappers. If they if all the candy wrappers in the world change to um, paper, I think that will have a big big impact, right? And that applies to every every candy in the world. And then if you think about every every product in the world, I, then I think. That's going to create a big, big impact. Not one person changing, like not eating, not eating steak. You know, I think what I propose is a much more realistic solution. In terms of execution, businesses mm. have more of an impact, but in terms of influence, I think mm. consumers probably have more of the upper hand on that because we mm. live in such a consumer-centric society now. Mm that the more environmentally conscious the consumer is, that affects their buying decision, which affects the manufacturer's mm. design process and yeah. decision yeah. process in terms of how they build things or create things for the consumer to buy. Mm. So I guess if you imagine if you have a, if you have an environment a, a, a consumer who wants to be more environmental friendly and they decided that, oh, I'm not going to go to those big supermarkets to buy stuff anymore because there's so much packaging. Mm -hmm. And then they can go to, there's actually shops, um, local shops where you can bring your own jars and you can fill it, you know, salt, pepper, mm -hmm. spices and all that kind of stuff. Um, and you can get all the basic goods, food goods that, you know, that, that you need from that kind of store. Mm -hmm. And but if you, you start losing your revenue because of you know customers being much more conscious minded about what they buy and how they use things, and you know if that forces the business to start to have to change the way they do um, packaging and how how they run their business, 
And the thing with consumers is that I don't think that you have a lot of us don't really have loyalty if you have cheap, you know, convenient. Um, but then also if you are conscious, you know, um, I guess environmental friendly and the big business is providing that kind of service, you will go to them instead yeah. of the small yeah. um, service, small business. So. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I guess that's a good place to end today's podcast. What do you guys think? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think productive conversation. I'm not sure. It was a good conversation, I can agree. But productive, how if this will affect uh, the economy? I don't think so. Um, will, we call, uh, will our conversation have an impact on on the world? Probably not. But I guess it's good to talk about it. Mm. It's fun. Education process. Mm-hmm. But no, good conversation. Otherwise, it was great catching up with you, Viv. Mm-hmm. It was great catching up with both of you as well. <laughs> so I guess that's enough for today. But before we go, um, this is just a reach out to all our listeners. Um, if anyone wants to, if you guys heard, listen to our previous um, podcast, it was called the Being Challenged by a Listener. Um, so if any any one of you want to challenge us on our, what we've talked on a, pre, a previous podcast before, we're happy to have you on. So this is just a <laughs> Uh, call to action, I guess. Of anyone who wants to come on the podcast, you're w- very welcome to reach out to what reach out to us. Um, probably just throwing how, down love. <laughs> yeah how how would they reach out to us? Uh, find us on um, Facebook, I guess. Mm, no, you can find us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, either convos on our way or conversations on our way. You know what? I think our listeners are smart enough to find us. If okay. they can find us, then they deserve to, to actually maybe be on our podcast and everything. But they yeah. have to first find us. How about that? It's an exercise. It's a uh, all right. I, I like that. You you've already thrown down the glove, Sam. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I like that. Duel. Goodness gracious. <laughs> All right. I guess All that's right. enough today. Um, All right. See you Thanks. in the next one. See you in the next one. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. See ya.